with me tonight. This will be part three of a message titled, That We Might Know. That We Might Know. You know, as a Christian, you have to know some things. Christianity is not mystical and magical. It doesn't just work out for you if you don't know. You have to know because you have to have faith for God to be able to give you grace. And everything in our lives as Christians is by grace through faith. Everything. God, God, it's not just mystical and magical. He makes the sun shine and the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. But the things of God spiritually in the heart of man are all by grace through faith. All If God's going to move in your life, it's going to be because he finds faith in your heart and he is the spirit of grace that will show up and do what's done. So you have to know some things. Amen. What you don't know will cause you greatly to be harmed on your journey. What you don't know. Amen. Yet that's, that's true even in the natural. What you don't know can get you hurt or killed. Amen. And spiritually it's the same. What you don't know can, gr- can bring great harm to your life. God does do things like stop trains from hitting us. God does do things that I believe, I believe that's what all the millions of angels are up to orchestrating and working and doing things to prevent this and prevent that. But spiritually in the heart of man, an angel can't do anything. Spiritually in the heart of man, it has to be God himself, the Holy Spirit working in us, speaking to us, prompting us to be led by him and leading us in the way that we go. It must be God. That's not an angel's job. An angel may even show up and, 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 and give you a word. I doubt it under the New Testament. It could be so. but and it, and it could be so. But in the New Testament, you have the Spirit of God that dwells in you who was given to you, as we'll read the text, to make you know some things. It takes the Spirit of God for you to know truth for you to know the things of God. Let's read that tonight in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 12. Now we have received. When? When? Not we're going to. Now we have received. Not the spirit of the world but the spirit which is of God. That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Not that we might wonder if, not that we might be hesitant to believe. No, the Spirit of God shows up to make us know that we are the children of God and that God has an untold number of blessings, benefits He's attempting to daily load us with. Amen. That's what the Bible says. We got Bible believers in here tonight? We got a a room full of Bible believers tonight. The Amen Corner. I bet it's full of Bible believers tonight. Well, the reason we're Bible believers is because when we got saved, God was making himself known to us in such a degree through the truth of the gospel that we believed in him. And when we believed in him, he gave us his spirit and then we knew him. And Jesus said, that is eternal life. 
that you know the one true God and his son whom he sent in John 17, 3. So now we know some things, but we need to know some more things. And we know that's true because Peter said that we're to be growing in grace and the knowledge, our knowing of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says that where he wrote that in the last couple of verses in 2 Peter chapter 3, it's the alternative to being led away with the air of the wicked. It's the alternative to being led away with the error of the wicked. It's either that or we're growing in grace and the knowledge of what? Of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, Jesus got to be tied to everything. You can't pray to God without Jesus. You can't give to God without Jesus. You can't love God without Jesus. You can't do anything without Jesus. He said it. I believe it because he's my Lord. So we have received not the spirit of the world. And I love how the word of God, how the Lord himself always, many times, not always, but many times starts out with things that are not so you'll know what it's not. So when he tells you what it is, you'll remember what it's not so you can grab a hold of what it is. Just like the kingdom in Romans 14, 17, I believe it is, he says the kingdom of, God, the kingdom of heaven is not food and drink. But it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And here we see our Lord telling us that we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. You know those who don't have the spirit of God. Or sometimes we have the spirit of God, but because we're not growing in grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, we go around like we don't know what we need to know. We get confused. We're lacking. And there's no need for us to be lacking. Listen, we, this, this place of, 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 of knowing and growing in this knowledge, the more you know, the greater your assurance is going to be. The less you know, mm, the less certain you're going to be. The more you know, the more you're going to experience. Amen. Amen. If some, you know, if, you know if, if there wasn't such thing as bicycles and you didn't know what a bicycle was and you've been walking 10 miles to work every day and somebody comes up and just gives you a bicycle, you put it on your back and start walking. Thanks for the gift. <laughs> and then after about a week, they'd show up and say, it's got, those are wheels, man. You know, wheel, what's wheels? Those are the, those round, those wheels. You can put your haunches on it and pedal. Those are pedals, pedal it, and you won't have to walk to work. What you don't know. There's a lot of suffering that's uncalled for without knowledge. Amen. But once you do know something, you're required to, to experience that. If you don't, then it's just head knowledge, and that knowledge can only puff us up. The, the, the knowledge of God that doesn't puff up is the knowledge our feet are walking in. All other knowledge is just knowledge that puffs up. Look what we know. Look what we know. But when your feet is walking in it, it's not puffing you up. It's humbling you and you're desiring more. Amen. Psalms 111. So let's look at it right quick. I, I didn't mean to do this. Lord, help me. Psalms 111, I think it is. 
Just a quick scripture here. I believe it's in verse 2. The works of the Lord. Psalms 111 verse 2. This is a wonderful verse. I hope you'd highlight it and remember it. And I pray the Lord help you to do so. The works of the Lord are great. Sought out of all them that have pleasure therein. If you have pleasure in the works of the Lord, then you're going to be seeking them. That's what God says. Let's read it again. The works of the Lord are great, and they're sought out by all them that have pleasure therein. See, the work of the new covenant is an inner work. And when you're experiencing the inner working of the Holy Spirit, conforming you into the image of Jesus by making you conformable unto his death, you see what that is producing, and you love that work. And you're seeking God for more of that work. Amen. So back to the scripture, back to the text. We have received not the spirit of the world. Because the world don't have a clue what God's doing. Amen. But we've received the spirit of God. And because we have the spirit of God now, we know the things that are freely given to us of God. And I won't stay here, but I will mention it again. When anybody's telling you that you need to do something to receive from the Lord, to give money to receive, or to do something to receive other than put your faith in the sacrifice of Christ, then they're lying to you. And that's not the Spirit of God that they're of, at least ministering that lie to you. When they tell you you can buy something, and that's really what all that, greed message is about. It's really no different than Catholicism. That's why Ken Copeland can hug necks with the Pope because it's all about money. It's all about you buying your way. That's what he's preached for years. If you're not where you need to be with the Lord, sow a seed, they'll say. They're talking about money. The the, the root of all evil is the love of money. And money, you're you're putting money in this basket right here. Every time we come together, that ain't going to grow you spiritually. Everybody should have said, Amen, Brother Curtis! Because that's something you're doing. If that was the case, then we'd all, we could all just give and be holy, holy, holy. And it's good to give. And we probably don't teach enough on giving, but it ain't going to mature you because it's what you're doing. Amen. And so all that mess out there that talks about, you know, it's, it's all done, it, it, twisting scriptures like, you know, if you're not where you need to be, you want to grow, you, you're not experiencing the will of God, boy, it just goes on and on and on. And then they'll tell you it's because you're not sowing. It's all about money. That's Catholicism. That's the word of faith. That's all of that. They're, that's why they don't have a problem getting together. Because more than likely... They're not worshiping the God we worship. Amen. We have received the Spirit of God that lets us know. That's a place of assurance. That what my God's got for me has been purchased by the one who came to purchase it. And now it's free to me. It's good for me to give because it's scriptural. And I'll get a blessing from giving, but I ain't buying nothing because it's already been bought. 
People that teach, you, you could grow spiritually, you can be delivered or whatever they say by giving, by sowing seeds and they're talking about money, they're lying. They're lying because everything we receive of the Lord is freely given by the Lord because of our faith in the one who purchased everything for us. The life we're looking for, my Bible says, is in the blood. Amen. So, we know. We don't have to be confused. And Christians who get confused, it's because they don't know. That's right. If you get confused, it's because you don't know. You, you ain't no need to be confused. When somebody comes through town lying, you can say, that's a lie. You ain't being ugly. You're not being ugly. That's a lie. They're trying to get me to do something, trying to get me to work for something, trying to get me to pay for my blessing. Jesus already paid for it. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, do you know? that we've been made to sit with Christ in heavenly places? Do you know that? Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6 says that we've been raised up together and made us sit together. God has raised us up together and made us sit together, talking about with Christ, in heavenly places. Let me tell you something about you being raised up and seated together in heavenly places in Christ. That's as much a reality as you having been crucified with Christ. They're both a reality. Everybody understand that? Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. Guess what? I'm also raised up with him and made to sit with him. That's as real as what happened at the cross. The cross is what provided the avenue for me to be seated with him in heavenly places. Do you know that? One day we'll be there in all of who we are. We are waiting for the hope of righteousness. You do know that, right? That's what Galatians 5 says, that we're waiting by faith through the Spirit for the hope of righteousness. And you might say, well, I'm already righteous. Yes, you are in Christ Jesus, but you're waiting now for a city of righteousness. You're waiting for a new earth and new heavens wherein don't nothing dwell but righteousness. Isaiah 65 and 17 said, let's look at that verse, Brother Greg, tonight. We're just trying to be encouraging tonight. That's all we ever do, whether you mistake it for something else or not. Hallelujah. Amen. Isaiah 65, 17 says, For behold, that means God's got something for you to see. Look at it. That's what behold means. Behold, look at this, God says. I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered nor come into mind. If you, You're not going to remember this earth. You're not gonna, you, you think the sunrise here is pretty. You don't know pretty. Jesus is your sunrise. Jesus is called the sun, S-U-N, of righteousness in Malachi 4.2. Mm. Look at this, though. I'm going to create new heavens and new earth, and the former shall not be remembered. You get that? Now, this is something you need to know. This is something you need to know. 
This life you're living on this earth, looking at night at what we call the glorious heavens, they do declare the glory of God because they tell the story of Jesus and we'll one day learn the names of the stars, I believe. And I believe because the Bible says God named every star and the heavens declare His glory. Listen, the glory of God is Jesus. I believe every name of every star, though there be trillions and trillions and trillions, they all are talking about God's redemptive story. I believe it, and I believe we'll learn of that one day. But you can know this. He says, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered, nor come into mind. When you and I come down in the new Jerusalem, that's where we'll be, in the new Jerusalem. When it comes down, we will already be there coming down in the new Jerusalem. And when we, however we see the heavens and the new earth for the first time, we will never, ever remember this earth. Ever. It won't even, it won't even be in your storehouse, your warehouse. <laughs> you won't ever be able to have a memory of it. Because God, at the cross, God wiped everything away that's not a part of the new creation. The cross is what divided the line. The cross is where God, in His Son, Christ, pulled the curtain on everything that was of the old creation and opened the curtain to the new creation in Christ Jesus. You're part of that new creation in Him. You are a new creation in Him. And one day you will be a part of the new heaven and the new earth and it will be such a place to see that we won't even remember anything from the past. At least the earth and the heavens is what this scripture points to. So back to this. He's raised us up together and made us sit together, Ephesians 2, 6, together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Do you know this? Is this where you look from? Because you, you are there with him, and the view from there is a lot better from the view here. The view from there, or the view we have there, and that's why we're told these things, to view this, to look upon this, and to believe this, and to know this, to be assured of it. I wonder sometimes how the early church were, their, their, their families, all of them, children and all, were stabbed with long poles and dipped in something that would light on fire and propped up on the road and lined up their children and everybody dying on poles lit with, with fire and they made them the lights for the roads in the early church persecuting the church. I wonder how they made it through that, how horrible that must have been, thrown in a coliseum full of lines. You know you're about to leave. And how did they make it through that? Well, same way you're making it through every day right now, by the grace of God. By the grace of God. They knew Jesus, they loved Jesus, and their lives here on this earth couldn't compare to the life Christ offered them. We were talking before church tonight about during the great tribulation. The Bible says there's going to be people saved. In the great tribulation, you know what that means? And, and the Bible says when they're saved, they're going to lose their heads for getting saved. Do you know what that means? These are babes in Christ. 
They're just babes in Christ, but they're seeing something of Christ that far surpasses anything in this life, even worth losing their heads over. They're babes. Think about that. How long we've been saved. Amen. We don't consider ourselves babes in Christ any longer. Amen. We need to know some things because the more we know, the greater assurance we'll have. It's like, listen, it's like worrying about people. What's going to happen to them when I die? Who's going to take care of them? Uh, uh, I don't know what's going to happen to me. Listen, if I, if I pass out and die tonight and I'm with the Lord, the Lord's going to take care of my wife. He's the one been taking care of her anyway. He's going to take care of my kids. He's the one been taking care of them anyway. Well, he's used you, brother, and you're not here anymore. Well, he'll use somebody else. you got to know some things to be sure of some things. Amen. God wants us sure. Not sure of a bunch of flaked out make-believe. He wants us to read the Scriptures, believe the Scriptures, and be sure. Stand on them. Hallelujah. You can sing about standing on a rock till you're blue in the face, but you got to stand on the rock. Mm. Amen. Do we know that we've been given a view and a place to set our affection? Our, our mind, a mind that will allow whatever goes on here to be working a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. No matter what suffering you go through here, the Bible says it but be but for a moment. Mm. Think about it. Let's, let's go over to our, our scripture we've been hanging out at, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And I'm going to read a few verses there tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and I'm, I'm not going to get hung up where we, the Lord's had us. We're not leaving this. You can't leave this. But we're going to move on past it tonight. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 10. Paul says, and please as we read this tonight, recognize the context of the scriptures here. Recognize the focus of the scriptures here all the way through what we're reading. Verse 10. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. This is where we become determined to know nothing other than Christ and Him crucified. We're so sure of this truth that we're determined there ain't nothing else. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then... Death works in us, but life in you. We having, watch now, we having the same spirit of faith. Hmm, see, that? the spirit of faith's all about you being delivered always unto death. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore we speak. Knowing, everybody say knowing. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, 
that the abundant grace might, through the thanksgiving of many, redound, meaning superabound, to the glory of God. You see, this whole thing about us being turned over, delivered unto death, always for Jesus' sake, so that we might express Jesus now in these mortal bodies, is for the glory of God to be able to superabound. Standing around saying, I give you glory, I give you glory. Oh, send the glory, I give you glory. And not realizing where the Holy Spirit's delivering you unto always, you're not going to be in the experience of what you're asking for. It's just words in the church. It's just words in church. Don't miss Sunday morning's message coming up. We'll be talking about Nehemiah who was broken hearted over what was going on among God's people. You don't want to miss it. He says, verse 16, for which cause we faint not. Now notice that. For which cause, now that we know, now that we, let's go back, verse 14, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise us up also by Jesus and shall present us with you because all things are for your sakes that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many being in this process and being thankful to be in this process of many will superabound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not. For with that, because of that, we ain't quitting. We're not fainting, Hallelujah. We're not quitting, we're not fainting because of that. For which cause we faint not, but though the outward man perish, the inward man is renewed day by day. How? In this process of being delivered unto death to keep experience deliverance from self so Christ can reign in me and through me and be expressed through me. Amen. You know, when the Holy Spirit always delivers us unto death so that we can be delivered by that death from ourselves because self is the hindrance of expressing Christ. That's why he said, you can't follow me lest you deny yourself. You take up your cross where I can be expressed, not you. That's not mean, that's truth. We're not here to express who we are. Are we here to express who we are? We're here to express Christ. The life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. So let's read verse 16 again. For which cause we faint not. See, if you're not in this process, you're going to faint. Oh, you're going to faint if you don't know. The, that's what's wrong with the church. My Lord, the least little thing comes up, they faint it. Amen. I know what I'm talking about. I've been in revival 18 years. Every once in a while I'm tempted to faint, but the Holy Spirit points me to Calvary and fainting goes out the window. The church acted like a bunch of fainting goats. You ever know about some fainting goats? One time I was around some fainting goats and I, I just went, boo, and they fell over. That's about like the church today. The devil, yeah, that's what they do, Brother Zach. They just stiffen up and fall over. That's what we do because we're not sure. We don't know. And then what we say we know, we, we're not really sure because if we're sure, our feet would be in it. 
And when our feet is in it, the fruit is there. If there ain't no fruit, it's because your feet ain't in it. And if your feet ain't in it, it's because it ain't in your heart. Amen. I'm preaching better than your amen in hallelujah. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man is perishing. Get that, know that, this thing here ain't made to live forever. It's dying, honey. And the older you get, the more you're going to realize it's dying. We want to be healthy. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Amen. We want to be healthy. I'm not as healthy as I used to be. Amen. I act pretty good up here. Y'all be with me about 6.30 in the morning. Y'all know what I'm talking about, don't you? You young folks don't know a thing about it. Man, I used to roll out of bed when I was Angel's age. I used to roll out of the bed and, I mean, just run through the shire and get a drop and be Kim. I'm putting, put my shirt on. I mean, just you just keep my man. All of a sudden, you all of a sudden you wake up and there you are at work. How to get here? Now I just sometimes I'm walking around in there. Robin's getting ready, and I'm like, "Boy, I just, I'm just piddling. I'm just walking around. Wonder what I'm doing." <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> if you don't, you will. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for me. That's what the Bible said. For our light affliction, and he's talking about that outer man. Because that's what he said is perishing. So it don't feel like no light affliction. But God says it's a light affliction. You know what that makes it? A light affliction. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Do you know that? Bible says in James, your life is a vapor. That's what a vapor is. You gone. To God, that's it. I mean, oh, I tell my mama's 83, and she tells me all the time, I think I'm just going to live forever. She ready to go. But she can still drive and see and talk and think and do checkbook and all this stuff, go to Walmart, go get her hair fixed. And, and, and she, she'll tell me every once in a while, she'll say, Curtis, I guess I'm just going to have to live forever. I say, Mama, no, you ain't going to. We ain't none of us going to live forever, not in this old thing. Look at this now. Let's read verse 17 again. You got to get this tonight. I promise you the Lord wants you to go home knowing this. He wants you to go home a little more stirred and saying, boy, that was good. He wants you to go home tonight with this in your heart. I'm telling you, when you come to church, if you come with an expectation for God to say something to you and give you something, you're going home with something. If you come desiring, you're going to leave with something. I guarantee it. Amen. He says here, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Let me tell you something about this affliction you're having to go through in this journey. You're holding on to Jesus. You're walking. You're headed to the finish line. You're running this race. You're fighting a good fight of faith. You're receiving the grace of God. You're drawing near to Him. My goodness, you're headed. You're marching on. And all these afflictions that you go through, God says, they ain't but for a moment. And they are working. Look at what He says says they're working far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory for you. This mess we having to go through is working on our behalf. 
This mess we having to suffer in this earth that ain't even going to be remembered. This heavens that ain't even going to be remembered. This light affliction that we're going through that don't seem like a light affliction. It's working for us. My God says it's working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. It's exceeding the heaviness of the glory. I'm telling you. And look, but look at the first word in verse 18. While. Everybody say while. You, you, listen. This, this is where you come in. This is where you get to see and know and experience with joy and long-suffering. This light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory while we look not at the things which are seen. Look, folks. You're going to see some things that get in your face every day. But are you going to believe that more than you believe what you cannot see? The Bible here says, while we look not at the things which are seen. If you're looking at the things that are seen and you're not looking past them to the things you can't see, then the things you can see are going to cause you more suffering than you wanted. Because my Bible says that the, these things are working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory while we look while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Amen. And, and what's he talking about here? What has he just given us in the Scriptures here? What does he deliver us unto always that we can't see with the natural eye? Death. The death of Jesus, our death with him. That's what we're delivered to always. You can't see that. I can't see that, preacher, but I can see this mess right here I'm in. Well, that's why a lot of Christians quit because they get trapped in just looking at the mess they're in and they won't look at the things that are not. That's temporary mess. That's temporary mess. And you've been given the Spirit of God so that you can see something other than that temporary mess that's just as real as anything. It's real. It's there. It's, it's doing negative things in your life. You, you, you know, it's, you, you've, you've done stupid. You, it's made you do dumb stuff. You, it all, you, it, you're in it. You see it. But because you have the Spirit of God, now you know that you can look at something else. In the midst of your failure, you have something else to behold. And it's with the eye of faith that the inner man is, is the one seeing it. That's what's allowing him to be renewed day by day. All oh, that's right here in this scripture. The inner man is being renewed day by day because though he's in a mess, he often, and he sees the mess, he looks beyond the mess at Jesus and what he did on the cross. And if you're not willing to do that, if you're willing just to keep griping, well, ain't nobody else having to go through this. I can't believe this happened to me. I can't believe. It's real. It's there. We all have it. it the, 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 these light afflictions, God calls them. They're there. They're going to come. More is going to come because we're in an afflicted world. Amen. But we have some, we've been given the Spirit of God that we might know the things that we freely received. But you've got to be looking at them to receive them. You've got to know what the Bible says. 
And you got to be sure of that. How many people that claim to have been Christians now calling themselves Muslims? Well, I don't know. I ain't going to say they wasn't saved or they, whatever, but they, they call themselves Christians one time. Now they're claiming they're Muslim. They call themselves Christians one time. Now they're calling themselves Mormons. God only knows the heart of man. But I'm telling you, if you got saved, you received the Spirit of God, and through the Spirit of God living in you, you can know the thing. I said you can know. This ain't no doubtful thing. This is when you go to bed at night. You can sleep. This is how God gives his people sweet slumber. He don't just do it. He does it because he's given you his spirit, and you can be sure, you can be sure of the promises of God. They don't come true because we quote them and declare them and decree them over our lives. They, they're, they're, they're being worked in us if our faith is in death because that's the work God is working in us, death, because out of that death is the renewing of the new man. It's only the death of Christ that allows the Spirit to renew that inner man day by day. See, these scriptures are all in context. He's not talking about one thing in this section about always delivered unto death and here at the end of this chapter talk about something totally different. This is all tied together. The reason the church is in the shape it's in is because they just don't know it. And 99.9% of the times when they hear somebody like you or me sharing this scripture, they're like, well, I don't know about all that. That's just who he is. I ain't heard brother so-and-so talk about that. Listen, I don't need you to hear from God. You don't need me to hear from God. You got a Bible and you got the Spirit of God dwelling in you. Meetings, church meetings, congregational settings are New Testament order for the church so that we can be edified through the preaching and the teaching of the Word of God. But listen, you got a Bible, my friend, and you got the Spirit of God. You've been saved by the blood. You're on a path that's leading to heaven. You can hear from God without a preacher. I've told you for 18 years, those of you who've been here that long, not many of you, you don't need me. You just need Jesus. I'm not one of them preachers going to make you need me. You don't need me. I'm not one of them preachers going to make you codependent on me. We don't have a church like that. You can call me anytime, and we can talk about spiritual things anytime. But I don't get many phone calls. You know why? Because the people go to this church already know the answer for which they seek is found in the cross. But I'll still talk to you if you want to call me and talk to me. I'm here for you. Some people say, he don't do much counseling because I don't have to. But I will. I will. But the counseling ain't going to be nothing different than what's being said right here. Because this is ain't but one answer. And all we can do if we counsel is just go from one scripture to the next about your issue and really first before we get to your issue how it relates to Christ and what he did at Calvary so he can, you can through faith apply the word in that context to your issue. Because if it ain't the blood, the word ain't going to do nothing for you. That's what's wrong with the church today. They're trying to use the word undipped in the blood. It ain't going to work for them. They can, I like what Pastor Preston Nasal from Sydney, Ohio said a few months ago. He said, you, he said, while y'all all running around out there decreeing and declaring all this stuff, God is still decreeing his righteousness. 
That's what he declares. Amen. Praise the Lord. So I want you to, I want you to look at this one more time before we go home tonight. Verse 17 and verse 18. For our light affliction is but for a moment. It may seem like it's going on forever, but God says it's only a moment. And we are around here moment by moment Christians. What does that mean? That means moment by moment we're striving for the faith of the gospel. That's what we're striving for. You come around here trying to strive for something else, you going to get in line or you going to go find somebody else that's striving for what you want to strive for. We striving for what the Bible tells us to strive for and that is the faith of the gospel. Philippians 1.27, that we might be found striving together for the faith of the gospel. Not for the color of the carpet. Amen. Not for the striving together for the faith of the gospel, which lets us know that the faith of the gospel is the faith of the Son of God that loved us and gave himself for us. You can't separate them because we live by that faith and that gospel. You can't separate them. If faith's not in the gospel, it ain't a faith you can live by. Amen. Well, that was powerful. My Lord, I can go home and write that down. For our light affliction is but for a moment. Next time I hit my thumb with a hammer, I'm going to start saying, Thank you, Lord, this ain't but for a moment. It feels like a thousand years already passed. But it's, for, it's a moment. It's a moment. Now, I know we can't live really fully in that mindset. Because when, when that bowl flew off that lathe some months ago, early this year, January, and broke my thumb, it all happened so fast I looked down and my whole ball, my thumb was over here. And all I knew to do was say, Lord. <laughs> That's the first thing I say, Lord. And, and I knew I'd go to the hospital, but I'm kind of like one of them old timers. I just grabbed it and yanked it back over. And that sent me to the house. And then I got on the couch and I was saying the same thing, Lord. Lord, and it didn't feel like no moment, but it was a moment. It was a moment. If a thousand years to man is but a day to God, what is five minutes? Hmm. If our lives are but a vapor, what is a two-hour ordeal with a hammer to the thumb? Oh, it's an eternity. <laughs> For our light affliction, everybody say our light affliction. Is but for a moment. Worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Because the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. What you cannot see with the natural eye, the new man can see. And what the new man sees is a crucified Christ and an old man crucified with him because that's what allowed him to be the new man that he is. 
That's powerful. That's where all his strength comes from, this new man. It comes from the power of the cross. Mm. So we need to learn that in every affliction, we need to learn to look at not the affliction. And, and listen, here's where we mess up. We're not saying ignore it and say it ain't happening. No, no, no. It's happening. The affliction is real. You can see that, but you can look through that all the way back to Calvary. And when you see Calvary correctly, then you're going to see yourself seated with your Savior in heavenly places. See, the cross is, a, is like a reflection of what you're being conformed into the image of and when you're seeing the cross of Christ properly, you're also going to know properly that you are seated with Him in heavenly places. You are seated with Him in heavenly places. But yet we're here, brother. How, 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 we're here. I see us. Yes, because you're looking at the temporary things that are to be seen with the eyes of the natural man. But you have been given eyes and new vision to be able to see what Calvary was really all about, what it is allowing the Lord to do in you, and what it's allowing you to see and to know now beyond your light affliction. So even though you have to look at your light affliction, God's giving you another view also. Will you look at it? Will you see it? Because while you're not looking, not focused, not allowing the light afflictions to suck you under, but you choose rather to look at what can't be seen with the natural. You ain't never seen Christ hanging on the cross, and you sure ain't been to heaven. But by faith, we see what Jesus did for us. And by faith, we see what he's doing now in us by his spirit. And by faith, we see where we are seated with him. You and I have to learn to see with the eyes we were given in the spirit where we were placed when we were born again. We must know what the Bible says, believe it, know it, and be sure about it. Because if we're not, the deception, as I've told you recently, is intense, it's becoming so intense, and the deception is becoming even greater. There are people today calling good evil and evil good that 30 years ago would, would have never given it a second thought of doing that. The deception is great. There's people doing things to people. Uh, I mean, just an example, you know, there's people that'll push you down on the ground and, 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 and then say, you know, or, 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 you know, they'll turn it around to make it look like you did what they really did. Like you're not loving, but they're the ones who aren't loving. Evil is increasing in this world. And you and I have got to learn to perpetually look at what the human eye cannot see. Because if we don't, what we do see will suck us into it and carry us away.
with the error of the wicked. Amen. Would you stand with me tonight, please?